you are now tuned in to Cup of Grind with Jada D. This is your daily dose of what's real in entrepreneurship. This podcast is intended for the new business owner, the person with a really good idea but not sure where to begin, and that person working at a job dreaming of the day that they can work for themselves. It's grind time. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's your girl Jada D. And this is another cup of grind. I'm really excited about the guests that I have on today. First generation business owners from South Central LA. So, y'all was stalking their brand on Instagram, reached out to them, and here we are. Kyra Nicole started making shea buttercreams as a UCLA undergrad when she discovered that the nearby stores lacked products for her curly hair. She decided to start her own line to fill this simple need. Listen, find a need, make a business. She's got it. So Kyra Shea Metleys is woman-owned and led by three African-American entrepreneurs from South Central Los Angeles, from the rave reviews, from industry influencers to countless testimonials that they get daily from loyal customers. They aim to become the fastest growing hair and skincare beauty line in the country, all while giving back to underserved communities in need. I won't take up too much more of your time. I want you to hear their story, how they got to where they are now, and you gotta listen to the very end for a little gift for tuning in to Cup of Grind. Check it out. I'm really excited for my guests that I have on today because they have some real, real, real nice products for, I think everybody on, everyone listening would love what they have and they have products for the whole body. I'm speaking today to Kyra and John, and I think Mike is somewhere asleep. Uh, we got from Kyra J. Medley. How are y'all today? What's up, y'all? We're doing, doing good. so well. Doing good. Thank you so much for having us. This is so dope. Like, thank you. Wow. Yes, I'm really excited to have you all. You know, and when I first saw you on social media, I have to be honest, I was really excited when I saw the CBD line. So um, we'll definitely get into the, that a little later. But I was really um, more excited just to see some young black entrepreneurs really doing their thing in their own lane. And so everything that I do is for my people. You know, I'm all about entrepreneurs across the world, but everything that I do strategically is for the betterment and the empowerment um, of my own people and people that look just like me. So welcome. You know, when I think about shea butter, I immediately think about my childhood and growing up being my sister's mannequin. And now she is a um, natural hairstylist, the best natural hairstylist in the Mid-South. That's the Memphis and South Haven and Mississippi area. Shout out to Camille Holmes of Kitchen Curls Unlimited. But Kyra, what hair products uh, remind you of your childhood? So um, I think everybody would know it as Dax, but in my house, yeah. it was called Green Grease, <laughs> which is essentially petroleum, like literally Vaseline color green um, that my mom used to use <laughs> to press my hair as well. Um, and then everybody used Pro Style Gel, of course, um, trying to slick them edges down. But I think it was towards my college years where I was just like rejecting everything. Yeah, I guess I just said 
rejecting everything white innocence. Um, and the reason why I'm going to say that is because I was an African-American studies major at UCLA. And at one point, I was really trying to really hone in, like, what is, mm-hmm. what are my roots? And how can I go about being more, being more my authentic self and being more um, traditional to my heritage? Um, so just given that, like, I just wanted to not feel like I had to assimilate anymore, especially at UCLA where it's predominantly white, predominantly Asian. Um, and there wasn't really, there wasn't really, I mean, we were, I think 1.3% of the population, the black student in general, and then 60% of that was athletes. So I was really at a stage where I was just like, no, like I need to just, we need to understand who we are and get more back into that. Oh, absolutely. So being a student, was this the defining moment that really pushed you into entrepreneurship? Tell us that story. How'd you start your business? Yeah. So um, I was a freshman at UCLA. Um, Again, that surrounding area, Westwood, is predominantly white, um, some Asian, but predominantly white. And I didn't have a car my freshman year, so I was walking around trying to um, find some beauty products for myself. So I walked to like two different beauty supplies and then I caught the bus to one and essentially I was rejected out of every one of them. And you kind of already know when you're going into a beauty supply, you'll see images of the target audience. Not one image were black women or black men, curly hair. They were all white, blonde, blue eyed, maybe a brunette every once in a while, maybe one picture of an Asian person. But for the most part, I should have known going in that I wasn't the target audience. So me trying to find something for my hair and my skin wasn't really going to be the I wasn't going to find it there. And essentially, one rep told me after asking her for a moisturizer, she looked at my hair and was like, well, we have gel and we have mousse. And I'm just like, wait, what? Like, hold on a second. Ask for, you know, something to tame my hair. I asked for a simple moisturizer, but she clearly was just like, we don't have anything for you. And, you know, you can't be the angry, stereotypical black woman. So you you have to say thank you. You smile. You walk out disappointed, but you got to walk out no matter what and catch that bus or walk right back to where you came from. And for me, it was frustrating because I didn't want to have to always catch a three hour bus ride home just to find products for myself. So, um, my mom and my grandmother, actually, they all were very creative. Um, my mom was a cake decorator. Uh, my grandmother used to have like the biggest fruit, vegetable, rose garden. Um, and she used to make jams and pies and yeah. those grandma lace towels. I'm not sure if your grandma ever had them with the, the lace towels and the beads and things on there. So they, they, I've always had a creative bug, I guess I can say, in my family. Um, and from there, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to make them myself. But after researching what I thought, you know, African women use on their hair and skin, Shea Butter popped up everywhere. So I was like, well, let me try some of, you know, I have very sensitive skin. So I'm like, it's only certain things that I would even put on my skin. But when I tried it, like my skin loved it, my hair loved it, but I didn't really like the texture or the smell of it. So I started playing around with some ingredients um, in my mom's kitchen cabinet, in the refrigerator, some aloe vera on my grandmother's garden. Um, 
of oil, <laughs> um, coconut oil. And eventually I was able to kind of find some recipes that worked for me, which included my um, top original buttercream, uh, which started our line that has avocado and vanilla. But it was just for me. It wasn't to start a business or anything. I literally was just trying to find or make a product that would be good for both my hair and skin. Um, and if family and friends happened to love it, which they did, you know, I would just make them some or, you know, buy the ingredients. I'll make you some, no problem having a business was nowhere near part of the plan, but it, it started from there. Okay. So how did it go from that to the business that we see today? John. Okay, John. All right. <laughs> let me, let me let explain that part. <laughs> well, no, it was just one of those things that uh, Kyra was making them out of her kitchen. And I was actually working at Chase Bank and she would bring some to my job. And I would use them on my hair and customers were like, what are you using? Like, it smells terrific. So I kind of told Kyra, like, I think you may have something on your hands. Like, let's try to go ahead and like, see if we can monetize this. And it was a little bit of hesitancy mm -hmm. since both of us didn't have any business background, teaching, acumen, nothing like that. But after just talking to her, we were both two capable adults and we were like, okay, well, let's see if we can get it started. So we started Kyra Shemelis just from uh, jumping off the edge, taking the risk. And just to say, I was opposed to the idea. I did not want to start a business because I felt I didn't have any experience, um, given that I was a first-generation college student, and then we were both first-generation entrepreneur business owners, like real business owners. I was like, yeah, no, we don't really have that kind of experience. Maybe we should do that. You know, I'm not a business major. I'm not even a chemistry major. Like, you know, how are we going to do this? But John had way more faith and um, I guess was way more uh, willing, you know, to start. But with his confidence, you know, in me and in the products and just in general in our capabilities, it kind of had me like, you know, what? like, why not? Like, let's let's just see what happens. And we ended up starting. Wow, that's amazing. And I think it's really important for people to hear that you didn't believe in yourself. Um, we need to hear those stories. That's really the truth and the struggle behind uh, the success and, you know, I remember reading uh, Michelle Obama's book and how she didn't even believe in Barack. But luckily for us, it came out on the positive end. But, you know, those those stories really do matter. So you were a first generation college student. How are you navigating that? And I mean, were you had did you have a warehouse in your room? What that Oof, look like? Man, it's a lot, um, especially again, when you feel like you're already alone on campus. Um, it's a matter of learning what works and what doesn't. What works? Asking questions. Like I came from, I went to Washington Preparatory High School, essentially kind of got myself through school. I had my parents there and they were, you know, always loving and supporting and, um, you know, taking scholarships to the, to the post office. But, you know, neither one of them went to college, so they didn't really know how to help me in that area. But they did know, you know, this is love, this is Kyra, and we're going to support her in whatever she wants to do. But I had to learn when I got into college that I couldn't, I couldn't do it by myself. And I had to learn how to ask questions, how to reach out for help. And then I had to learn habits mm -hmm. and practices. So like studying, for example, um, I learned how to read these crazy books, like 300 page books in a quarter system. So it just is literally just learning and asking and being open to learning and asking. Because a lot of times, especially like I said, when you're coming, when you feel like you've gotten so far by yourself and you think you can continue to do it that way, it will not work. Like you need people. Like they're there for a reason. Resources are there for a reason. I mean, even in college, like your college 
tuition is paying for the um, therapy office. It's paying for some of your health care. So, you know, utilize those things that are there. Ask people for help. And it's going to be the same exact way when you get into business. You need help. You need other people's money. I'm just playing. But you need to be able to um, really put yourself out there. Know that you're taking a risk, but also know that there are resources and support out there if you are willing to ask for it. So, John, I could really relate to you and how you saw something in Kyra because I am that person. Like I see a lot in people, which is kind of how I really was able to start my strategy business. I'm a big idea person. I can generate ideas at the drop of the dime. Um, I always think of new ideas, new businesses, like consistently on a daily basis. Right. Um, but I know that it's a challenge and it's often frustrating when you see something in people, they don't see it in themselves. So how did you work through that? And tell us about some of those challenges you had to really get Kyra to see, we've got something here. You have an excellent idea. Now it's time to, it's time to get shit done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it was, to be honest, it wasn't that difficult. I think the main thing about it is just, if you kind of can see the ability that you have and then see where you want to go and you're able to anchor those two together, it kind of forms a line or a rope that can kind of guide you mm. through whatever doubts, or whatever fears you may have. And I think that kind of breeds ambition. And I think she's an ambitious person herself and I'm an ambitious person myself. And it's just about seeing that value that's inside of you. That's like, well, okay, well with my ambition, there's anything that I can do. I mean, it kind of goes back to like the principles yeah. like alchemy about creating something out of nothing. And I mean, we're both one of our favorite books that we read is like The Alchemist. Mm-hmm. And it talks about the journey of like going to search and look for something and then realizing that everything that you really needed was inside of you the entire time. Mm-hmm. So I think this was, in our sense, our alchemist journey mm-hmm. about going out there and like, we need to meet this, we need to meet that, we need to learn this, we need to learn that. We're so afraid. But then we realize that, hey, all our possibilities all our opportunities all lie inside of us. And it's just on us to unlock it with our faith and with our hustle and with our work ethic. So in the beginning, it was a little bit different. But as we started going on along the journey, and that's one thing that we found, too, is that it literally you start seeing the things you need along the way. Like instead of trying to learn everything before and like, oh, yeah, I need to get this daddy to finance. It's like, no, like all your gems all your lessons and all your opportunities come when you just start the journey. That's it. And there's no other way to get that experience. Like Kyra said, is the greatest teacher. There's nothing you can do. There's no book. Also failure as well, too. So our experiences and our failures were, uh, I think what was scary at first, but we realized they were our motivation and our, um, our guiding lights on along this whole way. So no, it's pretty, it was pretty easy actually. That's good. I'm glad you just mentioned failures because I was actually going to go there. So let's talk about, you know, here on the Cup of Grime podcast, we like to keep it real, real. I don't like, I don't like the sugar coat. I don't like, like, <laughs> no bullshit. So like, what, what are those things? What's your, what's the struggle behind the success? The struggle story behind the success? Your year one of you all being in business. I'm sure you made a lot mm-hmm. of mistakes and learned from them. Let's talk about those and what mm-hmm. you learned from them. Whew. I mean, there's, it's so many. <laughs> um, I mean, I can go into stories about us when we got into Target, um, given that Target was our first retail experience and we were literally learning as we were um, it, already accepted into the store what an SKU is, what our cost of goods were. We had no idea um, how important our numbers were when it came to business and how to grow, how to scale, how to tell where you are and where you want to go. Um, 
shoot, uh, taxes. Um, I thought that I could do them myself. Um, that was the biggest mistake. I am not an accountant and I shouldn't have tried to be, um, because I feel like we paid a little bit more, you know, trying to fix things that I messed up on, you know, as a rookie, not knowing what I was supposed to do. Had I just gone to somebody, you know, the right person in the first place. I mean, shoot, it's so much. I don't, I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's so many different um, levels. Like, and, it, and that's the crazy part too. Like every time you reach another level, it's like you reach another level of failure <laughs> as well. Like you're going to experience, experience failure from a different perspective. Um, but then again, it's still just like, okay, well, if I've already been in, say, three years, been in business three years, we finally broke even, which is another um, business term. Okay, maybe we're not doing that bad. They say most businesses fail within three years, and we're still here going. So, okay, yeah, we failed in mo- many options, but we're still here. We're still pushing forward. We still have customers telling us, emailing us, um, DMing us on Instagram, saying how much they love our products and how much they've helped us. So it's like, okay, well, we have the motivation. We have have dope people behind us so why not just keep going and that's literally what it was like i mean i can tell it was it's it's something at every corner like it's something like failure is inevitable but it's up to you to yes. get up from it like it is up to yes. i hope y'all are taking notes mm-hmm. man like the, these are nuggets so i really hope you all are taking notes for real no but that's, that's, i think a lot of people i mean naturally you know we are afraid of failure and we don't for whatever for various different reasons but that's one of the things that i always try to instill in like new and aspiring business owners that you're gonna fail like i don't want you to think that that's not gonna happen you're gonna mess up something that's, right. that's inevitable so but it's good that you all you know really took that right, into right. learning and continue to learn you know every single day so as, as you know new on as, as first generation entrepreneurs i would imagine that there were a lot of people around you that really don't um can't internalize the concept of like you know, not working a nine to five and having, you know, being an entrepreneur. So let's talk about that. Like, cause we, all, you know, a lot of people experience it, but I have oh, found yeah. that some people are complete, um, like that yeah. really knocks them down. That knocks the wind out of them when they realize, oh, you're not a hundred behind me. You don't believe in me. So let's talk about that. What were some of those experiences and, and how are you getting through that? Well, one thing that we kind of learned is that you have to be careful who you share your news with. And what I mean by that is that, if I'm a scientist and all I do is study science all day, whether it's biochemists, whatever it may be, it would it would do me a disservice to then go to a Starbucks and find a random person to discuss that with because they don't share the same values and the same knowledge and to even take advice from because I'm the expert in this. So when you become an entrepreneur, you immerse yourself into this world of business that's uncanny, that's unstructured for the most part. So you're sitting down and sharing your news, thinking that, hey, I got family who want to hear about this. I got friends who want to hear about this. But in their mind, they don't know the the um, the small details that go into your whys, the small details that go into your what you're doing. So they just see it as, oh, this person is taking a risk, which it is. Oh, this person has no job. Oh, this person has no future because they're looking for security and they're living that kind of a road. And meanwhile, you're looking for expansion. Like I said, again, you're looking for risk. You're looking for opportunity. And the two, it's hard for those to match up. So you can be with your close personal friends and be like, yeah, I started a business. Um, I'm doing this. I have this show coming up. I have this thing and meanwhile that person is you know punching the time clock every single day and to be honest with you even the freedom sometimes can breed a little bit of a jealousy resentment you know so you can get those kind of comments 
But it's literally just surrounding yourself and finding people who are like-minded and saying, okay, and this with networking helps, getting out and finding other entrepreneurs. Like we felt crazy for the first couple of years until we found like one a business incubator that we joined. Like we would go through weeks and just be like, okay, people are telling us not to do it, not to do it, not to do it. Mm-hmm. And then every Friday we meet with this business incubator and everybody's like, yeah, we're going through the same thing. So that's why it's important just to be careful. And I know people want to let the good news out. I want to have praise reports and that stuff is awesome, but it's extremely important to be careful who you share your news with and make sure it's with like-minded people. Right. And I can even, yeah, I can even harp on that a little bit as well. Like I've lost friendships, like relationships over business because I didn't have as much time as I used to. Kyra is now more MIA, you know, than she was before she started this business. And this business is taking up, you know, my Kyra time. But it's like, wait a minute, like, you know, like you're supposed to be the one supporting, but then it's going to happen. Like there's going to be, it's going to be time. It's going to be money. It's going to be energy. It's going to be relationships that may be lost, but you're also going to gain that back in newness, new relationships, new time, new energy. You know, um, when you start your company or if you decide to be an entrepreneur, I mean, that's in anything. Even some people work nine to five jobs, but then I've worked in nonprofit organizations where it felt like I was working nine to nine, you know, or nine to eight. Like it still felt like I was working way more hours, but that's just going to be up to you and then up to the people around you. But you definitely want to make sure you have dope people in your corner and then just again on that nine to five I mean I think probably the our parents probably were the main ones where it was like the the lack of understanding because you know they're already coming from a generation where like John said security is everything like you are supposed to work like that is literally what they were taught you are supposed to work um, how these other people got their businesses, we don't know, but we know that you're just supposed to work for them. And it's just like, nah, like it doesn't, you know, that's not how it is anymore. And it was even harder for me and John. I'm not sure if we told you guys yet, but um, we are boyfriend and girlfriend and we started the company together as boyfriend and girlfriend. So they're just like, well, you guys are starting a business, you know, y'all could have been married by now, you know, instead of starting a business. But it's just like, nah, like we decided that we want to take that money that would have went into marriage and put that into our business. And that has helped us grow to where we are today. You know, how we done it the opposite, we probably won't even be here right now. So, I mean, you're going to have people who are going to say whatever, but take take what you need and leave what you don't, if if that makes any sense. <laughs> Listen, I completely understand what you're saying. 120%. I get it. And I know, just like you said, like the generations before us, they... A lot of them just have a hard time really comprehending that idea of entrepreneurship if it was not part of their family or their upbringing. They only know to go to a job and work it for 20, 30 years and, you know, get this good job, go to school, get this good job. It's kind of the the dream um, that they've been taught and what they understand and what they poured into us. So I get it. But let's kind of jump into the the line of products. I'd love to hear more about the products that are available with Kyra Shea Medley. No, no problem. So um, Kyra Shea Medley's is literally all about empowering um, women to embrace their natural curls and love their skin. So every product or every Medley that you will see on our site is multi-purpose. So you can literally use it from hair to toe, like on your entire body. Um, and then we also call them our she-approved Medley's, which means safe, healthy, and effective. Um, every ingredient is all natural, vegan, cruelty-free, non-GMO, like chemicals are our 
devils here. So we tried to, to literally give you the best high quality ingredients um, that actually work. There's products out there that's claiming to be high quality, but they don't do anything. They don't do what they say they're going to do. You will find that our buttercreams actually do moisturize and help to seal in that moisture. You will find that our conditioner is all natural. It's dope. It actually provides a lot of slip for your curls. Um, and you can even use it as a skin conditioner. We have our floor waters like rose and lavender and lemongrass. Um, we have a multitude of things and we're always growing we haven't um, launched our shampoos yet, or what we're calling them our multi-washes, because again, they're a shampoo for your hair. You can use them as a face wash. You can use it as a body wash. Um, so because we have that multi-purpose as our um, backbone, um, trying to create all natural products that can fit both is not the easiest thing. And I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, so I will refuse to launch anything until I think it's absolutely perfect. So um, we should be launching our multi-washes within the next two months, but every other product that you see on our site right now are even our three-in-one scrubs, which are for your face, body, and scalp. Um, they were a lot of energy, a lot of time, a lot of education, a lot of research went into making each product, um, picking each ingredient to make sure that it would be the best for you. Yes, I love the hair to toe. I love that from hair to toe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most people don't know. Okay, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, that's great. I mean, most people don't even have that as an assumption when looking at products. So mm -hmm. that's excellent. And I think that, that will con you will continue to have cu customers to come back when they know, oh, I can get this and use it for several things. Yep. Like, that's, yeah, that's perfect. So your business, your, your product line um, has expanded. Um, with you all being originally from California, I'm sure that led to um, opening the gateway to, the CBD market. So let's talk about that. Yeah. What what kind yeah. of how did you how did you how did you position yourself to be part of a huge um, trillion dollar industry, and, and what do you mm -hmm. have to offer through your business? Thank you. Yeah. So our CBD line, whew, that's an interesting story because this Better Butter product that we have, it's, we call it Better Butter because it makes you better in every way. Um, it's beauty care and pain relief, but we've had this product for three three and a half years. And we were so afraid to launch it because of the stigma behind, you know, just canna anything, cannabis, the the canna um industry. It was it was a, a hard stigma number one within the African American community. A lot of education had to happen with that. Um, and then again, when it comes to just legalities in general, you want to make sure that, you know, what you're selling, you're not going to get in trouble for doing it. You don't want to get kicked off of sites or, um, you know, um, payment payment plans or whatever. So you want to make sure that you are, um, you do have your legal ducks in a row. Um, so it took us a while for us to be like, okay, let's go ahead and launch it. And we just launched, um, we call it our shaymed.com. So our shaymed line, shaymed by KSM. We just launched that, um, this past April, late April. Um, and it's been dope ever since, which is awesome. Um, but even the marketing and advertising is not the easiest thing to do. Although our products are topical, which is a little bit more easier to market than the internal CBD products um, that people have. Because, you know, like Facebook and Instagram, um, a lot of the platforms aren't really allowing like Facebook ads and um, different things like that. So we really had to get creative in the way that we're able to put it out there. But a lot of it has definitely been going to events, going in person, and then even finding out that a lot of our, our main target customer base for this Better Butter products are 
elderly people, you know, like um, they're the ones who are experiencing the joint pains and the arthritis and um, a lot of things that the that the butter does help to um, to not, I don't want to say the word treat because I'm not legally allowed to say that, but it helps to soothe those areas. Um, and it even helps with like menstrual cramps. But it's been a lot of, like I said, just educating around it within the black community itself. They think they immediately think that CBD is weed. And it's like, no, it's not. Weed is what gets you high. CBD does not get you high. And as a matter of fact, it's an antidote to getting high. So if you get high and you take CBD, it will bring your high all the way down. It is literally, they both come from the same cannabis plant or the cannabis sativa plant. But CBD is specifically used for its medical and beauty benefits, while THC is what gets you high. So it's a, a lot, of, again, of education that has to go around it and explaining to people that, no, this is not Mary Jane. You know, this is a great product for both your your beauty care and any pain relief needs that you may have. I'm glad you just segued to that because I was actually about to go there. I know that um, yes. I can only imagine the challenges you're having because, as you know, um, because you um, your brand mm-hmm. was a, a sponsor, um, a swag bag sponsor for the Auntie Roundtable, and I thank you so much for that. Um, the conversations between generations, um, it oftentimes there are some blurred lines and they have yeah. different understandings depending on really the, the generation you're in and how you understand things, how you internalize things. And so I can only imagine just the challenges you have with getting people to understand, like, this is a product for you. I'm trying to help you. This is something that would benefit you in the long run and those um, difficulties getting through. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So what's been your proudest moment to date? Hmm. And you want to go first, Sean? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I was going to think about it myself. Uh, <laughs> proudest moment to date, I think, it's, it's going to kind of sound crazy, but I think it's just today. I mean, a simple fact that we're still here and we're still going. You know, I, I don't, I don't, they talk about, there's a theory of like the journey and it's like, if you're going to climb a mountain, uh, do you take pride in the fact that you've ascended to the top when you're at the finish line? And it's like, no, because if that's the case, if you never make it to the finish line, then it's a journey that was unwarranted and has no value to it. But you should start taking value in that journey the second that you start tying your shoes up to get ready to go out that door to go attack that mountain. And I think that's kind of where I am, I guess, mindset-wise with Kyrish and Melly is that the simple fact that we're still here. We, we are always learning from our failures. We're always... Uh, duplicating our successes. We're young, black, like like you said in the beginning, um, from South Central, I'm from Watts, she's from West Athens, and that we're still just in the conversation. I think that's a major thing, and I think that is attributed to the people who are around us, so I can be proud of that. Attributed to um, our hard work, can be proud of that. Attributed to our harmony, can be proud of that. Attributed to just networking with great people like yourself, so we can be proud of that. And... Um, yeah, I think today's today's a proud day, so I love to live in the moment. Let me find that John is a uh, motivational speaker. You got all the quotes, all the dits. <laughs> okay, <laughs> tell him, please. I've been no, telling him for years, and he does not listen to me. So yeah. thank you. Look, we're going to put that into the atmosphere. We're going to put that in the atmosphere. Thank you. Yes. I mean, he even started his business from that, too. He has a company called The Seed Box, S-E-A-D, which stands for So Ingrained Act Develop. Um, We were he wrote these amazing motivational affirmation cards that we would put in every order. 
And customers love them so much that a point where we stopped putting them in because we forgot to print them, we were getting cussed out by customers like, uh, where my card at? <laughs> so I'm just like, John, um, I think you have a business here. So make sure to go check his business out too, y'all, thecbox.com. And again, that's F-E-A-D. But, you yeah, know, it's dope. But um, nice. you were asking about the proudest moment. I think I would say for us, um, the fact that we donated almost six thousand um butters and different products to our um homeless shelters clinics um breast cancer awareness women empowerment organizations youth leadership and development organizations i think to me that's probably one of my proudest moments i mean even before we started selling our products we were donating and with every product you are always giving back we call it our our ksm gives back program every purchase is a purpose so you're helping us give back every single time that you make a purchase on our site so i think for me that's probably one of my proudest moments and i want to get to a point where we're we're able to donate, you know, like a million products, you know, to people in need. So, but right now, the fact that as a very small company that we were able to almost donate 6,000 butters in the past five, five years that we've been in business, I think it's pretty, pretty dope moment. Absolutely. That's amazing. So before we get out of here, um, I'd love to know what, do you have any initial business apps or software systems that you use to stay organized? Yes. Um, I am keen for organization. Oh my goodness. So, but what I most, I love to tell people is Google, um, number one, because it's the cheapest. Um, usually a lot of the apps and different things that you can use through Google are free, but they do have their pay programs like Google suite that you can use, but everything from Google Sheets, Google Slides, Google Docs, um, their Google Drive, which is their storage system. Like you can literally create your full on folders through there. I also use Dropbox um, and then Quick, QuickBooks for my taxes. Um, and there's a lot of different apps that you can use to kind of like keep track of your receipts. You want to keep track of your receipts because all these things are write-offs. Like you can almost write off vacations if you really, you know, pay attention. There's this book I read, um, it's called How to Lower Your Taxes by Sandy Bakins. Um, yeah. He gives you all the gems and gives you the tax code. So if somebody, if you were to ever get audited for any reason, you can point to this code and be like, I am in um, you know, compliance. I am following regulation based off of these codes. So give me my money. <laughs> so, so yeah, so... Um, it's a, it's a lot of different systems that are out there. But like I say, if, if you're just beginning and starting, I would say to try to use as much Google as possible. So get your email through um, Google Gmail, um, utilize all of their apps that they have because they're free. Um, but if you do want to do their paid subscription, I believe it'll go from like $5 five or six dollars per user per month, which is really, really cheap. So I would, I would say start with Google. Um, instead of paying for a lot of the other um, apps that are out there because it's free and then you will kind of get hint and most of these other apps are based off of it anyway. So um, Google is literally like combining Microsoft Office and like all these other apps into one. Awesome. That's dope. So tell everyone where we can find you on the internet. Definitely check us out at kyrashaymetleys.com. I will definitely leave a link for you guys. And you'll also get 10% off your purchase if you use the coupon code CUPOFGRIND. Um, and you can also find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at kyrashaymetleys. And if you are interested in that CBD product, our line is shaymed.com. Our Instagram is shaymedksm. And we'll get a 10% off coupon code for that too, Cup Grind for both.
Thank you so much, both of you all. I appreciate you for being here. Tell Mike we definitely missed him. <laughs> this has been fun. Man, I'm so I'm so proud of you all. I really am. And I wanted to say, you really don't sound like you're from California. I don't know if it's been the Atlanta move, but you sound kind of similar <laughs> to me. <laughs> <laughs> Atlanta has rubbed off. <laughs> it is. It is. Well, we want to thank you so much again for having us. What you're doing is amazing. We are inspired, and we definitely want to make sure we're sending more listeners your way. So thank you. Are you done playing games and ready to get out of your own way? Good. Go to jadadavis.com today to join my village, download your free startup checklist, and schedule time to speak with me during a free strategy call or think tank. That's J-A-D-A-D-A-V-I-S.com. And as always, shut up, keep grinding. <laughs>